I guess it was a week ago Thursday that part of the staff, Jeannie and uh, Gwen and Jeremy and I went out on a Thursday morning into Rock Hill on the, on the south side of Rock Hill, and uh, we went down a street and we prayed at that street. We took along our maps of the street so we knew where we were and, and uh, our prayer guide of scriptures so we uh, could think a little bit about how to pray since we were praying over each of the homes and it added a little, uh, little uh, variety and nuance to each, uh, each house and each prayer. We split up into twos and went down the street and went to each house and prayed over that house. Very similar to what we're going to be doing next Sunday. I say that because uh, I have to admit that morning I was just a little bit anxious about how it was going to go, doing something that, uh, it's not something I have obviously been out and we've done maybe some door knocking at times past or handed out uh, flyers or brochures and that sort of thing at the door, but nothing quite like this. So it was a bit unfamiliar. And then I was skeptical. I mean, whose idea was this anyway? Oh yeah, that's right, it was mine. Uh, but I was skeptical about my own idea of going out into the neighborhoods in some ways, how we might be received, how we might perceive our time there, and uh, maybe even a little hesitant for this simple reason. Can I do any good? Is this really meaningful to pray in this way? On the other hand, here's what I know. I know our community and the people in our community and the people behind that live in these houses in our community matter to God. I also know that we are asked by God to pray for others. And I know that there's this great gap in my own prayer life between the things that are sort of in my world and being aware and praying for those that are outside my little world. And I know that being with other believers helps give me faith and gives me courage to step out because I see it happening all over the Bible where people went out together overcoming their fears and sharing their faith. And I know that dealing with all my doubts and fears and uncertainties are part of what it means to obey God, even when I may not understand everything about what it is that He's asked me to do. And I believe that maybe sometimes we're so stuck in our own lane we were so boxed in in our life on all the things that we are doing and want to do that our prayers, listen to this church, are far too small. And this morning, I would like to offer one way for us to pray to rise above our box or beyond our box to get out of our lane. And it's directly from the Bible, 
And so I want to read a section of Scripture together from the book of Ephesians, and we might call this the Apostles' Prayer, the prayer of St. Paul. And I want to suggest three or four images this morning. They're pictures that I want to implant on your mind because we will not have the time and probably the energy and the equipment coming from this vessel to give you all that's involved in Ephesians chapter 1. It is one complex chapter. But I want to give you enough that I think that it'll help you outside of your lane. You with me? It is such a magnificent and lofty section, and I borrowed this description from Alistair Begg. He calls it, pray big. Praying like an apostle. So we'll see if we can give that a crack. Go ahead and put up our text of Scripture. I want to begin reading with verse 17 of chapter 1, and then I'll back up and make a couple comments. Paul says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Interrupting my reading here. So that you may know him better. This is Paul's prayer. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. Do you know in the Greek language... Ephesians 15, verse, chapter 1, 15 through 23, is just one big long sentence. Now, the sentence before that, in verses 3 through 14, is another whole long sentence. So it's just a couple of sentences that make up this very complicated chapter of, of Scripture that in one way is one massive long prayer. And I see it as I try to approach it again and again this week, a little bit like, like you're going to a nice restaurant and they wheel out the dessert cart, and uh, it's just more than you've already sort of gorged yourself, and it's more than you can take in. It's wonderful, 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 but it's almost too much at the moment. So we got to break it down into little, some littler bits, and that's what we're going to do here for just a moment. Not that we will get it all, but we will understand enough to be called deeper into the things of God. Here's the flow of the passage in Ephesians 1. The first section in 15 and 16 is, a, is, is about thanksgiving. Paul is describing it as thanksgiving. And then the main idea here in verse 17, wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. That's the focus. And he uses a phrase that parallels this idea of knowing him better, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. 
is his way of describing it. This main idea can become our primary prayer request as well and something that I would invite you to pray this week, that your eyes, that the eyes of your heart, go ahead and put up the visual if you don't mind, the next one that shows, there it is, open the eyes of my heart. We've already sung some songs with that idea, the eyes of your heart to be enlightened this week. And then, go back to our passage now, thank you, there are three outcomes of knowing Christ better that are mentioned, and I've outlined them in the orange, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his in comparably great power for those who believe. Let's think about those for just a minute. If you've got to take an idea away, how about this one? Picture hope. Pray hope. How could you take the idea of hope in God and plant it in your mind for your prayer life this week. I'm giving you a visual, an image that maybe you could recognize maybe the garden's starting to grow for those of you who plant a garden. You only have to look at Tilly's Park or maybe in your own backyard to see how, how, how much growth is going on right now. I want you to think about growth and, 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 and the way that growth happens and, it, and the mystery of it and the miracle of growth and think about that as it relates to the hope of your life today. And, that, and allow that to address the feelings that many of us are, are, are struggling with, a sense of discouragement and sadness, and emptiness, and anxiety, maybe a lack of, of meaning, and not a lot of optimism about the future. How many, how many in this community all around us are right now, or even this morning, maybe, maybe not in church, don't quite know what to do with themselves, but just feel anxious about their future? And could we be intercessors? with a message of hope to say, I, I believe that there are some ways, and I offer this humbly. There are some ways to deal with the, with the fears and the uncertainties and the anxieties that you are facing in your life as you put hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, and hope is a, it's a reality that is promised to us, but we haven't fully realized it. It's, it's, it's in the future. And so we, 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 we want to know Christ better. We want to know, we want to, we want to know the confidence that can be ours, that we can face the future, that we can face our own death. And so we convert by coming to God in prayer and praying this prayer of Paul, we convert no, not only for us, but, 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 but for our neighbor, for those that we work with. We convert those negative emotions of discouragement and, and despair into ones of confidence. Because we believe we are eternal with God.
And that's a source. Because of Jesus Christ, that He is the bridge from feelings of hopelessness to feelings of uncertainty, and that is something that we can offer not only ourselves, but everyone who is around us. That's a big prayer. And that's praying like an apostle. Now, there's more in the passage. I suppose I could take each one of these one week. But I, let, me, let me quickly say this. We move from there to the treasure, the riches. He says riches. He describes it this way. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. I want you to see it this way, that the result in a world where we often feel like it's filled with scarcity, with there's not enough, there's not enough money, there's not enough security, the stock market is down seven weeks in a row, what's going on, there's not enough time, there's certainly not enough faith, there's not enough justice in the world, and we feel like we lack, and we, we are, we are preoccupied so often with feelings of scarcity and this low level of, of uneasiness. And into that, God speaks to us through this text, and he says, you are rich in my inheritance. In fact, what is this richness? It's the richness that we get is God himself, the riches of his glory. It's the, the total of all who he is. We get his joy. We get his certainty. We get his insight. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I didn't use the term riches as much as I used the warehouse. Go ahead and put our warehouse up there. Remember, we used the idea of the warehouse. These are already, all the goods are already there. They're in the warehouse. They're ours. They're ours for the asking. The riches are in the warehouse. This is probably, we don't think in terms of treasure chests anyway. We, these days, we don't think of what, the, you know, sort of the pirate's treasure. We think of what's in the warehouse. And I'm telling you what's in the warehouse. It's already been offered by God to us if you will simply claim it through your faith in Jesus. That's a big prayer. That's a big prayer of helping you know that you are richer than you can imagine in your identity, in your security, in your belonging, in your significance. It's a big prayer to know that you are appallingly rich. That's praying like an apostle. And the third one in this passage is, he says, to pray for power. Or it's an outcome of knowing Jesus Christ better is you got power in your life right now. And so I, I just put up a picture of dynamite to kind of capture that one. That's an image. This week as you're praying, you, you can pray about the plant growing and you can have hope. You can, you can pray about the riches and the warehouse. You can pray about the dynamite because this is the root word. This is the idea of, of dunamis. This is the idea where we get dynamite, that, that Greek word uh, for, for power for us who believe. And this one is for us now. The present moment, and it addresses our feelings of weakness, of feeling tossed and turned, of being, feeling overwhelmed, of feeling victimized by life. You know, the apostle Paul felt it himself. He says in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 2 when he's approaching the, the, the church in Corinth that he said, I, was, I, I came with fear and trembling. And later in 2 Corinthians, he speaks of the thorn in the flesh, and he speaks of, of the power that is made manifest that shows up in weakness. And the reasons why we can have power, they're all outlined in this text here in verses 19 for 22 for those good Bible students that want to look at this a little later. And they're amazing. They're amazing. We've got power because of the resurrection. We've got power because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. We've got power because the Lord Jesus Christ has dominion over all the world. And when we have faith in Him, we have access to this power. That's what it means to pray like an apostle. To see Jesus more clearly clearly, to live for Christ, to be full of Christ. And as you pray, as you pray this, say, Lord, as I know you and as I want to know you more clearly, may you fill me with your hope, may you fill me with your riches, and may you fill me with your power. This is praying big. This is praying like an apostle. Now, I want to put out our final slide just by way of uh, application as we uh, are moving along in this series, and particularly as we get to next week with our pray and go. And I want to try to help us in just a, a, a moment or two to appreciate next Sunday. Go ahead and put up the slide there. After church, we'll have our worship together. We're going to go out together into the community. If you're able, love to see you pray big, pray like an apostle, okay? And uh, we'll go out and we'll get it organized quickly out here in the foyer and then go out in whatever uh, groups we need to align that with and, and, and we'll try to find a group leader and you'll be given a map and you'll be given some uh, scriptures that you can pray when you get out to the neighborhood, and then you'll be given a little door hanger that as you pray over that house, you can write your name on that little door hanger and drop it in on the, uh, at the door just to let the people in that home know that we're praying for you. Okay? And uh, I suspect that what will happen as we do it is you'll meet some people and we won't, uh, you don't necessarily have to take all day talking to them, but you might just let them know what you're doing. And some people are going to look at you a little curiously, like you're doing what? And other people are going to be amazingly appreciative that you're caring for the community. And you know, I don't know all that will happen through this. I can't predict it any more than I can predict the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to trust that God knows that he knows our hearts, that he sees our obedience, that he will use our prayers, and that the Holy Spirit will work through this little effort. So we'll do that prayer walk in groups, and we're going to focus on Rock Hill. It's a very kind of tangible area. We have a number of our members that are in Rock Hill. We, uh, we, we're going to go street by street until we, whether it's by the end of the summer or by the end of the fall or when, wherever it is, or maybe even tomorrow, or next Sunday. I don't think we'll get it all done in one week. But we've prayed every street 
over every house in Rock Hill. That doesn't keep you from praying in your neighborhood, and you can go out in your neighborhood, and you can do it similarly. I'm just saying this is one way that we're going to do this collectively as a church. And we're not going to stay out in the community long. Uh, 45 minutes to an hour, the whole thing, we'll be back here at the length of our Bible class, and then we're going to have a cookout together. And Dwayne, where's Dwayne? Has everybody met Dwayne? There's Dwayne. Dwayne's cooking up some barbecue for that for next week. He's a, he's a uh, what do you call it, Dwayne? A... Uh, what kind of chef? I, um, I can't remember the word I'm looking for right now. The, uh, where you, uh, uh, sorry. Where he pre- prepares for other people. Uh, say again? No, there's a term. Sorry, chef. Okay. It just the word escaped me suddenly. The uh, caterer. Caterer. That's the word I was at. I knew there was an English word somewhere. It's a fancy word, caterer. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. And he does catering, and so he's going to bring some. Alec Hill and others are preparing some hamburgers and hot dogs. We're going to do that, share that together as a church. We need to be together. So we do pray and go, and we enjoy that time of fellowship and uh, food together next Sunday. There's still time to sign up, and there's some sign-up uh, clipboards out in the foyer. Love to get you signed up for that. You know what? We can assign you that day if you don't sign up, but I'd certainly like to know because we want to make sure we got a hamburger for you. Okay, so we have an idea on how many to prepare. Pray and go. Here's, the, here's my heart's desire. As we think about the book of Ephesians and Paul's, Paul's prayer, as we think about this congregation and obeying Jesus, to pray big and to pray like an apostle.